When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Tom here. We're more than a month into staying at home, and needless to say, it's been a trying time for us all. Overnight, we've changed our daily routines, and driving down the street today, it looked like a post-apocalyptic scene. It is super weird, and we're all trying to adjust to a new normal. And if you've been following me on Instagram, at Tom Bilyeu, you've probably noticed that I've been doing a lot more live interviews over there to discuss these uncertain times and how we can all come out of this stronger and healthier and even more connected than ever, because I do think it's possible. So here is one of those interviews. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Today, I'm bringing you an amazing interview with someone who needs no introduction, my friend, Jay Shetty. In this Instagram Live, we talk about the power inherent in being alone and how to cultivate new forms of joy during this very weird time. And I'm telling you, those opportunities are out there, but they're not going to happen by accident. You've got to cultivate them. And Jay and I talk about exactly how to do that. So here it is, the one and only Jay Shetty. All right, so first of all, welcome everybody to the feed. Good to have you. We're obviously joined by Jay Shetty. Um, dude, this is the weirdest time of my life. This is so bizarre what is happening. Uh, the whole like COVID-19 has taken over the vast majority of the content that I put out. It is really, really fascinating. And I was talking to somebody today, I was filming an episode of Health Theory and he's a guy that normally talks about nutrition and all that. And I was asking him, you know, like um, what are some big things that play into people's um, health and wellness and lifestyle? And he's like, man, let me tell you something that you don't normally hear from somebody like me. He was like, it is all about connection. And he was like, you can see, you can see and measure the impact of lack of connection in people's like cellular health, heart health, he was like, dude, it, it is measurable, man. And I was like, that is nuts. This is not a good time for that to be a true stat. Um, how are you thinking about connection? How are you talking to um, the world about staying connected in this super weird time? Yeah, man, and it's good to connect. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're doing this and I'm glad that we're talking. And I, I, I think for me, the biggest one is I, I struggle because I genuinely enjoy time on my own. Mm. So I, I quite enjoy being secluded and, and away and, and removed. And so I'm always encouraging people to also look for that power in being alone and that, you know, getting through those thoughts that you don't want to process in the given day that you're allowed to be rushing and busy. And now you kind of have eight hours to think about them. And so I'm encouraging people to do two things. One thing is I'm encouraging people to find an activity or a reflection they can do every day that brings them joy, that brings them self-awareness and at the same time create virtual experiences with friends, with family, so that they feel that connectedness. And I think for the first time in our lives, maybe we'll get that balance right. Because often we just say yes to lots of parties and events and obligations when you don't get to spend any time with yourself. So I'm trying to encourage people to navigate that, not, you know, navigate both and, and open their lives up to both right now. Yeah, it's super interesting. So like you, I love to have alone time. 
I won't lie, man. So I don't think that this is good for my business. I think my business has slowed down. I know that people love working from home. I love working from home, like secret <laughs> of secrets. But I, I really do think that it has slowed the business down. But it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy a large portion of this. Now, look, I'm in a way fortunate position, beautiful house. Um, I've got not only my wife, who is my favorite human on this planet, but um, I knew that the sequester was coming. And so my sister, who also lives in Los Angeles, who said, look, way better for you to be sequestered here. So instead of being isolated on your own. So my sister is essentially living with me now. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's kind of a fun time. And we've, we have done things very specifically. Like I, I have broken out of so many of my normal routines, which is interesting because I'll, I'll caveat this and then I'll tell you what, how I'm breaking out. Um, I think routines is probably one of the things people need to hold on to. And I think that there's, there's a big risk for people that just sort of get in a weird place. If you don't force yourself to get up and be productive and do that. But because I am so good at routines and habits and I'm so regimented and I don't need like to be pushed or encouraged. Like I, I'm very disciplined in that way because of that, I'm creating new habits and things around something that's more playful. That's more fun because I wanted to, it would be all too easy to look back on this time and say, uh, that was a shitty time. This, this yeah. was not, not good. This was really gnarly. And so I thought I need to go out of my way to make this a special time, something that I would look back on and be like, yo, this is really fun. And so normally I work from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed, I'm either working or working out, but I've actually um, introduced playtime. And so now I'm working till about seven, seven thirty, And then for the last hour and a half to two hours, it's me, my wife, and my sister playing, watching something fun, playing video games, whatever. Are you doing anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to hear that. It makes me feel better that you're doing that too. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, like we know that the frontline workers, the doctors, the nurses, the, you know, and I've seen you post about this too. And everyone who's like going out there so that we can all be at home and be safe. Like, I think everyone who's at home, it's a good opportunity for us to make the most of that and use time wisely because there's a lot of people who still have to go to work. Mm. So I think first of all, if you don't have to go to work or you have to work from home, that's in itself an, a good opportunity to engage. And for me, it's been very much similar to what you're saying. So I've kept my morning routine pretty much the same. And if anything, I'm exercising more because I have more time to exercise so I can get two workouts in a day when I usually only do one. So that's been quite refreshing. And the evenings are exactly that. So right now it's me and my wife and one of her best friends and who's also my friend staying with us. And we've been like, you know, we've been having movie nights a couple of nights a week. We've been having a book club night a couple of nights a week where we're all reading different books and discussing. And then we've been having game nights twice a week, too. And it's like, you know, it's, I think people don't need to think that because of social distancing, they can't have a social life. Mm. And by creating a virtual social life, you still feel connected and you get to laugh and play and, and joke around and do all the rest of it. And I've been, you know, I've been saying this, I've been getting in some good PlayStation time, which I haven't played for like, I haven't played PlayStation properly for like seven years, I think, or maybe even longer <laughs> than that. And I really got into it. My collection games, my, my game collection strong right now. I, I and, have and to I know, what to do you play? So FIFA is my number one go-to because I grew up in London, so football football's like rules for us. So FIFA wins. I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K. So I've been playing a lot of basketball. I'm, I'm mainly into sports games. And I'm, I'm up for recommendations too. Those are my two main go-tos at the moment. 
Those are good choices, man. Uh, that, Any, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Go ahead. Any recommendations? I, I, I know you're a big gamer, so. I, I am. The, the funny thing is I only play one game. Uh, so it's probably a little unfair. Like, I'm not the best person to ask for, like, broad recommendations, <laughs> but um, I like first-person shooters. Part of the reason that I like first-person shooters is, one, it the playing against somebody else and knowing, sorry, my, my daughter was on my lap, uh, who's yeah. a dog for those that don't know. Um, <laughs> when you're, you're playing against other people, like they're, they're feel like consequences and there's not a lot of time. So I, um, as you know, I used to struggle very profoundly with anxiety. And one of the things that I had to, to try to learn was how do you practice? Cause the thing that makes you anxious is high stakes. So how do I practice high stakes? Like it's, it's, it's part of where I came up with the thing. There's, there is no such thing as performance. There's only practice. So that I was just looking at my whole life as practice. But I wanted to create an area where it's like I'm getting that same like heightened sense where internally I feel, um, you know, the, the stress rising up in me. My heart rate's going faster. My breathing is getting more shallow. So I can practice calming myself down. And dude, first person shooters do it. Like, cause people are trying to kill you. You're trying to orient yourself. Everything's happening really fast. And you know, if this, if this kid kills me, he's gonna come teabag over my body. And I don't want that. So it, it became this thing where I really had this one-to-one -one correlation between the more calm I stay, the better I do. And so, because I have a rule, right? Only do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. And so it's like realizing, oh, this physiological response actually doesn't help allowed me to go, well, it doesn't help me to get super hyped up. I need to actually be calm. And so it gave me an artificial way with artificial stakes that felt real to practice. Dude, that makes so much sense to me because it's so funny. So my wife and her friend have been telling me every time they watch me play and, and they've played with me a couple of times, they get really stressed and nervous. And, <laughs> I, and, and I've been playing for a long time. And so they're like, how do you do that to unwind? Like, how does that activity help you unwind? And you've just, ex I've never been able to explain it that way. You've literally just explained it that because we've done it so often, your, your, your pain threshold or your stress threshold of performance has just been increased. Mm. So now it takes a lot more to kind of trigger that. So I find it unwinding and relaxing when I'm, because it's the same as like the last minute of a football game, right? And you're one goal down or you're two goals down, or I had this great matchup between the Lakers and the Lakers playing the, uh, the Golden State Warriors the other day. And it was like neck and neck. And then I just <laughs> turned up in the last five minutes. And it was, you know, it was, I'm not even that good at the game. I'm really good at FIFA. I'm not that good at NBA 2K. But the, but the point is that it's just, you're so right that it changes your stress level. But I, I think it's so important to, for people to use this time to allow themselves to have that space in the day where you let yourself go, quote unquote, because I think what you're saying is right. Like the morning routine is so powerful, but then having that spontaneity and that playfulness uh, is so needed right now because of the uncertainty, because we don't know how long this is going to last. And, and I'm glad that we're talking about this because I'm guessing everyone who is going to show up on this chat doesn't think me and you are going to be sitting here talking about games. But, but I'm hoping that everyone who's listening, the reason why we're doing this is because I just want you to know that there is a need to do that as well, but not in replacement of. Right. right? It's not replacing the routine. It's not replacing the work ethic. It's because of this special scenario that we're in right now that we're allowing ourselves. I'm catching up on this seven years that I haven't played FIFA 
in, in like the last three weeks. But I'm also at the same time using my energy to work on myself, meditate longer, work out more, get all of that in as well. So just to, just to clarify, in case anyone was wondering if me and Tom have gone rogue and... <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is I do think about, okay, what am I, what am I learning now? What am I going to take into when this is over? Like, am I going to um, change my routine a little bit to continue to create some of that playtime, that space? I actually don't have the answer right now, um, but I, for a long time. So I, I am very aware of how people trap themselves in their own identity. And the thing that, that scares me over everything is becoming dogmatic. Like the people that do the most in their lives are the ones that um, it's, you know, you look at people that won multiple Nobel prizes, they usually switched up at some point and, and it's at the intersection. So for a while they were in biology and now they're in chemistry. And so it's where those two things intersect or they were in economics and now they're in um, chemistry and it's where they intersect. It's really interesting how people that force themselves to have to learn new things, they come at it with fresh eyes. So anyway, I, I'd been saying for years and years and years that if I'm awake, I'm either working or working out. And every time I said it, I, I had two reactions. One, I was very proud. Um, it's obviously created a tremendous amount of success in my life. And then I was always a little cautious, like, dude, you have to be careful. Like when you repeat stuff like that over and over and over, you can end up trapping yourself. And, and I often thought like, you know, it would be good at some point to experiment with something different. And I don't know what that different is. And when it really started to, to um, worry me was when I moved out of just sort of traditional entrepreneurship. I spent years and years and years generating wealth so that I could create art the way that I wanted to create art, right? So for, I'm not joking, Jay, for 15 years, you're talking about a guy who used to see seven movies a week. I've studied film at school, all of this like chasing wealth and all that was so I could build the next Disney, right? Like it, it, it was all sort of with that impetus of wanting to impact people through storytelling, which you know very well. And when I got there and I was founding a media company and I found I, I was guilty whenever I'd sit down to watch a movie and I was like, okay, there's something wrong here. I believe in the power of storytelling. It was the greatest joy in my life. But now I've repeated this thing so often that I actually feel bad doing the thing that's like my greatest love. That's huge, man. That, I'm so glad you shared that. So big because yeah, you get so into seeing it and you start thinking that that's so cool and it makes you so strong and it makes you so undefeatable and powerful and then we we all put ourselves in our own prisons you're spot on you're getting a bit blurry tom i just want to uh -oh. i don't know if yeah i'm seeing you blurry a few people are saying it i can see in the comments i'm just checking out i don't know I, what it is i have full bars i haven't moved so i don't know could you oh, see so weird so crazy okay bad, all right anyway you can internet. hear tom guys you can hear tom um but uh yeah i think i think that's I feel that way too in so many ways where you keep repeating something and it becomes your reality. And, you know, I think now's the time for a lot of people. Like for me, it's also the other way around as well. You think you're something in your head, but you don't share it enough. So how can other people know? So this was the first time that I've publicly taught meditation for 20 days in a row. So yesterday we finished my 20 days of live meditations and every morning, 9.30 a.m. LA time, I was live teaching a meditation for 30 minutes. And I, it's so weird because in my head, I'm like, guys, I was a monk. Of course, I know how to teach meditation. Like, you know, this is what I did for somebody else. But I've never.
You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. I've never actually shared it. I've never actually led. I've led like two guided meditations in my whole life digitally. 
And I need them all this time with my private communities or my coaching groups or whatever it may be, but I don't do it publicly. And I did it for 20 days and it was like, I was like, wow, like this has allowed me to find out a gift that I wanted to share with people that I forgot I had, mm. or I was immune to the fact that I had it to share. And I'm wondering how many people at this time are going to find that they have a talent, a creativity, an expertise, a genius, a, a gift inside of them that they don't know because they realize that there's a pain in the world that it can solve or that there's someone in the world that it can help. And that was meditation for me, which seems so obvious in my head. But even that, it took this for me to teach it every day. And, and it was the most beautiful, like, I want to do it every day now. Like, I'm so pumped by it because it was such a beautiful experience. I want to start all over again because it was so meaningful to me, let alone the people that it helped. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, I think that experimenting, like even if you feel like you've really got it dialed in, like trying new things and experimenting and rediscovering yourself uh, is really, really powerful. Uh, for the people who think I'm in front of a green screen, I promise I'm not. And on my end, by the way, <laughs> that's so weird. Why would that help? I'm happy to try. Hey, let's have a walk around, shall we? Yeah, so do see, it, do it, do it. I promise there's, there's no green screens. Um, but uh, let's see, let's see what happens. That's weird. On, on my end, I look completely normal. Uh, so I don't know, still blurry? Yeah, it's hard to tell, guys. We, we can't tell. So you need to tell us. Very weird. All right, well, here's location number two. We'll see if we do any better. How we doing, baby? Lisa's uh, over here checking. Nope, still kind of blurry, but let's just rock it. We'll, we'll go Yeah, we can it. hear you. This is a bit better, Tom. It's a bit better. We can hear you clearly. All right, too. perfect, man. Yeah. So um, what... What are some of the things like from a meditation perspective, when you're walking somebody through a meditation, um, what does that look like? Are you just trying to make them aware of like how they, um, they feel, the sounds in the space, the feeling of their body, like that kind of thing? Yeah, so we did three types of meditation, which, which are the three types that I've learned and, and trained in. So it's breath work, visualization, and sound. So breath work is, as you would know, different breath practices to help calm our senses, to help reduce stress and anxiety, and to become more connected with our bodies and our breath. And visualization is where I'm taking people on an imaginative visualization, whether it's to a beach, climbing a mountain, whether it's walking through a forest. And all of those are specially designed to help us rewire parts of the brain. So for example, when we did the forest meditation, even if the forest is dark and uncertain, we stay in the forest in our visualization. Because what that's doing is that then when you're in a life state, where you're in an uncertain and unknown space, you feel comfortable staying in it. And so I'm creating all these visualizations that I think can help unlock parts of our mind and brain that we don't usually use. If you think about it, when you're walking down a path or a hike, you're always looking for the end. You're always looking for that light. You're always looking for the light at the end of a tunnel. And that mindset actually is not useful all the time because you can get so paralyzed by looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, the biggest question is, when is this gonna end? rather than what can I do now? And so I think we've been trying to use visualizations as a way of just being more present and going, let's, let's not, let's be, let's try and build up some comfort in the discomfort. Let's try and build up some, uh, some kind of normality in being in uncertainty. And so, yeah, the visualization is super powerful. And then sounds with like meditating with nature sounds, because I think one of the biggest challenges right now is that we're so disconnected from nature physically as well now mm. that being able to hear sounds of the ocean being able to hear sounds of birds all these things are so great for us because 
they naturally, if you think about it, like I get people often to breathe with the, with the movement of the waves. And it's like when you align with nature, your, your breathing almost becomes more natural and more powerful straight away. So because we can't go outdoors, I'm trying to bring the outdoors indoors. And so we've been, uh, yeah, it's been, yeah, those are the kind of meditations that I've been doing with the, with the community. It's been awesome. Wow, man, that's, uh, that's actually even more interesting. And I love meditation. I love meditation. It changed I know. my <laughs> life. But that's even more interesting than I thought your answer would be. Um, that's really compelling. That notion of um, getting comfortable in that space and not trying to run or get away from it. Um, going back to the video games, like that's part of it. Being able to sit in that, right? That like, yeah. instead, of, instead of your instinct to be to get out of it, if your instinct is to calm, is to find that rhythm, that's really interesting. And so when you look at psychology and what it has to offer around fear and all of that, the, the idea isn't to avoid the things you're afraid of. The idea is to become strong in the face of the things you're afraid of. So it's not about reducing the fear. It's about increasing the bravery. And when you view yourself as brave, when you know that this is key, when you know of yourself, how you will handle yourself in a certain situation and you think it's baller, like you really start to feel centered in yourself. You start to feel good because you're like, I look, I'm not saying I won't be afraid. I just know that I'm not going to panic. I know I'm not going to turn and run. Like I'm going to deal with the fucking situation. And that's where it gets super interesting. And going back to something you were saying about breathing with the rhythm of the waves. So I know nobody's a big fan of bats right now, um, but something they found with bats is that they breathe in rhythm with the, the flap of their wings, which is really interesting because for you to have like, to be contracting those muscles as hard as they contract, yeah. but find, like one of the things I want people to understand is what I call physiological hooks. Like there are things you can do with your body at a purely physiolog physiological level that's going to impact the way that you feel emotionally. And that's like, so when you were talking about finding that rhythm with your breath, it's like, man, that shit like does something more than you think. Yeah, it's, it's so obvious to me that, and what you, the example you just gave of the bats, like when I got exposed to all of this, I was looking at like athletes all do diaphragmatic breathing. Like they're taught how to breathe so that they can run for 90 minutes and last the game. That's not just like a miracle pill that they take, or it's not like they were born that way. They've learned how to breathe for 90 minutes when you're doing weightlifting. One of the biggest things you need to learn, and I'm not a weightlifter, but from friends who are, breath work is such a big part of it. And you look at singers, people who play wind instruments, you don't hit those notes just by chance or by just by a gift. It's like people have worked to build their breath to be able to expand their lungs to that capability. There's so much going on. And so for me, I think that we're all athletes in some way or another because we're using our bodies and our minds to achieve whatever it is. And it's so obvious to me that all stress in our life is experienced when our body and our breath are out of line. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. If you think about it, when you're happy, what changes? Your breath. When you're sad and you're crying, what changes? Your breath. When you're late and you're panicked or you're nervous to go on stage in front of a thousand people, what changes? Your breath. You always say things like, I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm out of breath. That took my breath away. Like your breath is connected to every major emotion. So when your breath is out of alignment of your body, that's when you feel tension and friction. So your breath is moving faster than your body or your body is moving faster than your breath. And so aligning your body and your breath is a purely biological way of just bringing both into alignment. 
And, and that's what I try and do whenever I'm in that moment of taking that match-winning shot with LeBron or Cristiano Ronaldo is about to strike that ball. Or in reality, when I'm about to make a video and I'm stressed or I'm going on a stage and I'm nervous or when I don't know what's happening in the current climate, I don't want my mind to get too far ahead of my breath. So I just want to bring it back to my breath. Yeah, the, there are very few things that are like true silver bullets where everyone should be doing this. Um, but I will say diaphragmatic breathing is 100%. There is not a single human on earth that should not be doing diaphragmatic breathing. Um, there's a reason that I think it was samurai culture that said the seat of the soul is the diaphragm. And the reason is because oh, it, will, wow. it, will, it will change your state so much because you can, this is one of those few things where I resisted meditation for a long time. It, it just seemed too um, weak. It, it seemed like my, my whole life, yeah. it, my whole life was about toughening up. So as a kid, I did not grow up tough. I wasn't like a crybaby, but I was close enough. And so to get good at business, I really had to learn to toughen up, to be emotionally resilient, all that. And so I didn't want to meditate. It felt very soft, very genteel. And um, finally, when a Navy SEAL was like, dude, just, just do it. Stop being stupid about this and try it. <laughs> from, from the very first breath, when I breathed from my diaphragm, I was like, whoa. It, it instantly made me feel differently. It made me feel more calm. And so, you know, when I talk about physiological hooks, so you've got, obviously everybody knows fight or flight, that's your sympathetic nervous system. You've got the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. The fascinating thing is they're a seesaw. You can't be both um, rest and digest and fight or flight at the same time. You are either one or the other. And so if you can do something physiologically that moves you out of the fight or flight and into a more relaxed state, it, the impact on your health, your mental well-being, everything, it's really extraordinary. And so like you, um, if I'm about to walk on stage, literally, I don't think I have ever once walked on stage since I started diaphragm breathing without doing meditative breathing for 30 seconds yeah. or a minute before I walk on stage because it just really calms me down and puts me in like a great headspace. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, man. And, and, and everything you're saying right now, I think, it's so true that I think people think of meditation as this like, that it has to be only spiritual. And, and the truth is that it can start at a purely physical and chemical and biological level. It doesn't need to get into anything. So if you're not comfortable with that, you can start where you are and where it is, and it's still gonna work because the techniques actually work. So no, spot on, man. I completely agree. I'm, I, I'm, I'm always admiring all these great figures behind you in this office. I love that shelf, by the way. It's so Yeah. Lovely. So this is actually Lisa's office. So if anybody, oh, I, yeah, do, yeah, I do love me some Wonder Woman, don't get me wrong, but um, <laughs> the, the grand obsession that that is my my wife there. Um, but yeah, the uh, having characters that you can be excited about or emulate I mean, it's, it's my core thesis, you know, especially with kids trying to find a way. And I mean, look, this is just neuroscience, man. Um, finding the, what the Japanese call the shonen years, which is translates literally as the few years, 11 to 15. Um, in science, they call it the age of imprinting. Um, it's, it's, it is the age at which certainly for boys, it's a sexual awakening. It's where sexual fetishes are developed. That it's a, it's a weird time, man. But it's, it's this time where we are open. And as a content creator, I would be curious to know um, if you've noticed this. But so we started putting out comic books. Those are comic books that we actually created. Um, and what I found, we've written for adults and we've written for kids. 
and kids just don't have cynicism, man. They're, they're so open and so excited and they become so attached. And so when I think about influencing culture, find myself going to, to kids, man. I find myself going to wanting to tell stories at that super impressionable age and helping them, you know, develop essentially a growth mindset. I mean, that's, that's my punchline is how do you globally make sure that nobody reaches the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset? I may not be able to make them um, take it on, but I want to make sure they at least encounter it. Yeah, I love that, man. And I, I'm glad that, you know, we're always trying to do it through entertainment because I think, you know, we all look back at what we learned at school and we didn't think that that was cool or happening or in, right? Like you didn't go to school and go, oh, I learned this thing called growth mindset. Like if you put that in schools in a curriculum form, it wouldn't have the same impact. I think it should be implemented in schools, but through entertainment and through smart teaching, which requires a whole nother level of communication, because and and therefore through comic books or movies or tv shows like obviously that's going to be the way to imprint and yeah i i definitely feel that with children and i've definitely been doing a lot more research into I, i'm also always questioning myself as to how is how can we simplify the growth mindset so a child's brain can latch onto the right mm. parts of it because i feel like it's not that things are complex. It's that the mind interpret things, interprets things in a complex way. So, so that's kind of like my belief system about stuff. Like I don't think growth mindset as a concept is complex or simple. It's just a concept. But the mind, everyone's minds are so different and infinitely different that people comprehend the same thing through a totally different lens. And they could make something bad out of it if it was just not presented <laughs> with certain intention and consciousness because then people get lost in not really understanding what it is you know what i mean it's kind of like you know it's kind of like if, if a if a father or a mother are alcoholics and they have two kids one of the kids becomes an alcoholic and the other one becomes sober right and it's like why did that happen like why did that person choose that that they both experienced the same thing but they reacted differently and that's what i'm always intrigued about with even the positive messages is how do two people, even with the same positive message, actually react to two different ways? That's kind of something I've just been entertaining a lot in my mind. Yeah, dude, welcome to the central question of my life. Um, you know, it, it, no, for real, like that is deeply distressing to me. So, you know, I, I, um, I think I take a, what I'll call a realistic view towards human nature. And so I really, I really looked at this, you know, sort of all joking aside, um, when Lisa and I exited Quest, obviously it was financially um, life-changing. And so we didn't need to work. And I was haunted by something that I saw at Quest. So when I was at Quest, I created Quest University. And I said, look, man, I, I will teach you anything you want to know. So um, we had about 3,000 employees, about 1,000 of them grew up hard in the inner cities, man. And when you're in the middle of that, you realize sort of all the political answers about what it would take to pull people out of poverty. A lot of great intention. It's just not real in terms of what's actually fucking people up. And so when I was, okay, I was like, this is an information problem. And this is what led me to Jeffrey Canada. And I don't know how much you know about Jeffrey Canada, but um, so Jeffrey Canada, really, really bright guy, African-American, grew up in Harlem during the crack epidemic, thinks same thing I was thinking at the time, which is this is an education problem, gets a full ride to Harvard, goes to Harvard, gets a degree in education, comes back out and says, I'm going to fix this from the inside out. Um, after 10 years, realizes that he has to give up. 
that you just can't fix it from the inside. And so when I look at like, what, why is it that in the same house, one kid becomes an alcoholic and repeats the patterns of their parents and then the other kid breaks that pattern and like, what are the things that are going into influencing their mind? And so that's what led me to mindset. And I think that mindset is, um, it, it is to the growth of the mind what cellular health is to the growth of the body. And if your diet is messed up, dude, you're gonna be sick. Like there's just no two ways. Mm-hmm. Even if your mind is right, if the things you're eating are wrong, your, your cells are gonna have a problem. If your mind is wrong, then no matter what I try to teach you, no matter what position I put you in, until you change your mindset, um, it's not gonna work. So yeah. the, maybe the most sort of concise way to say it is, it doesn't matter what you look at, it matters what you see. And I yes. think that, that ultimately is what it comes down to. And now it's a question, I know you're asking yourself this question, I'm for sure asking myself this question, how do you change what people see? So I yeah. can change what they look at, but changing what they see is actually much harder. And, you know, my punchline yeah. is very similar to yours, which is, oh, I'm going to entertain you. I know the physics of being a human. I know that you will idolize characters that you see. And so I'm going to incept you. I'm going to hit you with the limbic brain, not the logical. I'm going to hit you at the emotional. And through emotion, giving you the chills, leaving you in awe, making you want to be a character, making you cosplay that character, all of that, to steep yourself in the way that that character thinks, um, I'm going to try to change what you see. But it is it is messy and complicated and I'm not a fool. I don't think that, oh, I'm gonna you know, create the next Disney and that's gonna solve the world's problems. But I do think that it can really impact culture and it will reach some people that would otherwise struggle. I agree, man. And, and I'm excited to see you do it too because I, I know you will knowing you. And, and you know, it's, it's exciting for the world and it, it will change the world because I'm not, there's not been much media that's really been created from meaning from a point of view of helping people grow. Media is always made to make people laugh or make people cry or make people reflect or think, but it's kind of like a surface level emotion until it goes deeper. I don't know. I was going to ask you this question actually, because I just saw a couple of, I saw it last week and I was really struggling to find a good movie to watch. And me and Radhi ended up watching Saving Mr. Banks. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I loved it. Like, I thought it was brilliant because I, I'm a big fan of Mary Poppins. I grew up on it. I never knew the story behind it. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Tom Hanks is brilliant as Walt Disney. And, and it's just like, it's, it's such a great movie because it just shows the depth of her character building. Like, the characters in her book were completely taken from the pain and the trauma of her life. And all of her limiting beliefs in life were based on losing the person who had none of those limiting beliefs, but ended up, she, I don't want to give the story away to everyone listening, but you know who I'm referring to, like her father. And so it's fascinating to me that the choices we make, the decisions we make, the people we attract in our lives, like I always think that in our marriages, you, you attract someone who's either just like your parents or not like your parents. Like, you know, we're, we're constantly repeating the patterns. And, and when you become conscious of that and you can start to re-engineer it, you save yourself so much suffering and pain than when you're just unconsciously attracting that same energy into your life. And so I would really encourage everyone to use this time as a, as a way of just spending that time in, in contemplation of what are the patterns that you see yourself repeating that you like from your childhood 
And what are the patterns from your childhood that you're repeating that you don't like? That's just a great place to start and start weeding out the ones that you don't like and start watering the ones that you do like because it's as simple as that, really. That's where, that's where it started for me, at least, is you know, looking at the values I have from my childhood and saying, which ones do I give a thumbs up to and which ones do I give a thumbs down to and just getting really clear. Yeah, that that is very good advice. And then one thing I will say to that is people have got to learn to recognize that they're having an emotion, um, that it isn't merely a truth of the situation, right? People often mistake, oh, my, my reaction is the way that it is because this is the only way to react to what has just happened. Um, yeah. And so for anybody that hasn't read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, read the shit out of that. Um, guy yeah. in a concentration camp, right? A neuroscientist in a concentration camp talk about somebody going into the belly of the beast for all the rest of us to come back out and give us the lessons. And he's, he's the one that said, look, between stimulus and response, there is a gap. This is a guy in a concentration camp telling you that between stimulus and response, there is a gap and your whole world exists in that gap. And it's you getting to choose how you respond. And I just thought, whoa, man, like you can discredit a lot of people. You can't discredit homeboy who I think he, he was in either three or five total concentration camps had been moved around and finally ended up in Auschwitz. And, and oh my God, like it's bananas. And so what I find a lot of times is people aren't aware that they're having an emotional, meaning neurochemical reaction. Like this is not, this is not just your body manifesting objective truth. You're having a very subjective experience. Somebody else in the same situation might react totally differently. Maybe your way is better, maybe it's worse, but be aware that you're having a reaction. Then figure out what is this emotion? What is it? Once you've identified it, what caused the emotion? Then I find everybody at that level is at a surface cause. It's what Lisa and I call arguing about the tea. The biggest argument Lisa and I ever had was over a <laughs> cup of tea. And needless to say, when we finally broke down what we were really arguing about, it was not about the tea. And so then getting yeah. to, usually it's some sort of, like if you're having a big emotion, someone is probably triggering an insecurity. And so figuring out what, what is it that, what insecurity is being pressed on. When you can do that fast and you get to the truth of what the emotion is and the real reason you're having it, man, your world becomes your oyster. And if you can not judge yourself, like, hey, I'm feeling insecure about this. Cool. Like, you, you don't beat yourself up over it. It is what it is. Like objectively cool. That's where I'm at. I have an insecurity around that. I'm not going to feel badly about it. But now that I know what's happening, I can live in that gap and figure out how I actually want to respond. Absolutely, man. That's great processing. And I, I love that example of the fighting about the tea because that's, that's so usually great. where we waste all our energy is just fighting about the tea within our own minds, with our own selves, just at that superficial surface level pain which is not the real issue and and right now is a good time to reflect on that because you know we, we're all saying that obviously our normal lives have been shifted but nothing's there is no such thing as normal and nothing goes back anyway like things never go back to being the same and there's no need for them to things always evolve and move forward and that's the only way good things happen and that's the only way new things happen and our attachment to old memories stops us from making good new ones. And so I would really encourage people right now to, you know, really think about how we can actually embrace the new and use this as a time when you really can't control what's going on. Usually we can control a little bit and that, you know, in, in, the, in the Vedas, it talks a lot about how like you, you, 
the, the world basically puts you in an illusion that you have some control. And, and, you know, you find your little area to control and you feel you're in control. And it's something like this happens and you realize, okay, wow, like there is very little I am in control of. And what you're really in control of is your free will and how you choose to use it. That is something within your control always. Uh, and, and that's what the stimulus and response is, like that free will in that moment to decide how you view something, that is always in your control. But what's going to happen around you and what's going to change us outside of you is not. And I think we're feeling the most extreme version of that. And, and I'm, you know, my heart goes out to people who've been really affected. But at the same time, I really feel that we're going to see some amazing stuff come out of it. Because, because you know, it's in these times when, when people discover things about themselves that we, they didn't know. Also, man, I'll take a real businessy approach here. I will just... I will highly encourage everyone going back to, it doesn't matter what you look at, it matters what you see. Whenever there is a time of great disruption, like what we're seeing right now, it means the old world order, all the people that were um, holding you back, that were outperforming you, like all of it, all of it's gone. And so now is a chance where people can capitalize on that disruption, <laughs> find, find those gaps, right? Look, don't get me wrong. As somebody who is trying to break into comics, as somebody who is trying to get into film and TV, it's like, hey, this is going to be a huge opportunity. I, you know, like you said, I don't yeah. wish misfortune on anyone, but the coronavirus is what the coronavirus is. And so now it's like you either see the opportunities that are being created or you see the devastation. But it's like, man, I would encourage people to stay safe 100%. Love your loved ones. Tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. Tonight's not guaranteed. But dude, also seek out the opportunity because if you seek it, you will find it for sure. Yeah, no, good advice. And yeah, everyone's, everyone's almost back at square one and you know, everyone's starting from the same running block again. And I, I think you know, that's the way that everyone has to view it for sure. And, 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 and yeah, and I can see just so much new stuff coming out of this, you know, the media landscape's changing, everything's changing and change is good guys because guess what? Like a few years ago, Tom and I wouldn't even be able to have this conversation and none of you would be watching us because you'd have to have a TV show to get anyone to watch you. So change is good. Like there was a time when there was, you know, when all you had was the two channels on TV and then 20 and then 200 and then 2000. Now everyone is a TV channel, right? And it's like, that's the point that there's so much good in change and there's so much good in embracing change and transformation as long as you want to do good with it. Mm. there's there's so much to do there's so much opportunity if you want to do good with it and uh yeah seek it out right now don't you know don't don't wait for someone else to create because guess what time's gonna go fast like we think it's a long time but six months is gonna come around fast 12 months is gonna come around fast and you don't want to look back and be like oh like now everyone of a sudden now all these people are steaming ahead and pushing ahead and I just wasted another year right and that can happen easily that can happen easily where we think oh god this is like three months more left to this or six months more left to this well guess what when you go back to your life and you're rushing around and you're busy and you're traveling again you're gonna wish you had time you know? I think we don't get that I think that is uh, the perfect place to wrap this up I will say to, to put a fine point on that, man, what's going on right now? You can make it rad by doing different things, experimenting, trying, like 
forcing fun into your life by hook or crook, like just find a way, <laughs> or, or you can let it be miserable, right? That, hey, this, that would be very easy to do in this very weird time, but um, hopefully people will take your advice and they will experiment with joy and do some of that. Um, and I think that we can all get through this uh, with a smile. Well, brothers, thank you yeah, so I, much. No, thank Please. you, man. I was going to say, if I kick off the meditations again next week, I'd love for you to come and lead one, join one, be a part of one. That'd be awesome. That sounds amazing. I love it. Yeah, we should do it, man. We should do it. And I'm going to see you a bit later. I know we've, we've so give you an end. Me and, me and Lisa and Tom and Radhi have a little double date plan, just a little virtual call later on so that we can all hang out because we miss these guys. So figure out a way to double date, guys. Don't, don't ruin your social life. Force fun in, you know. This is a great time. Usually Tom's traveling and busy working and Lisa is and me and Radhi are. And we don't always get the time to connect, but we're trying to make it happen right now. So... Think about who you can get together with. So yeah, see you later, Tom. See you in a few. See you in a few All right, hours. brother. See you in a bit. Awesome, Everybody, man. thanks thank so you, much thank for joining so much us. For thanks yeah, for being here, man. Great. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Take care. Stay safe.